So yesterday, and we are going to break in if they're saying anything important on Capitol Hill today. Uh, in fact, let's break in. Can we break in real quick now? Okay, uh, that's enough. After his meet- that's enough. Right? <laughs> One, I think, actually interesting thing is we were talking about this last hour. It's been widely reported that Holmes was a big note taker. This yeah. is the guy that overheard the call with Ambassador Sondland. Oh, my gosh. Where Trump was you know, kind of screaming into the phone and yeah. he heard it at the table. And oh then they God. talked about this afterwards. Right. We were told he took notes. Uh, apparently, did not take notes about that call. Oh, he's a big note taker. But did not take notes about that call. Did not take notes about that call. Did take notes about a meeting he was at um, with Zelensky the day uh-huh. after the call with Trump, in uh-huh. which Zelensky apparently said, reportedly, according to Holmes, during the meeting, President Zelensky stated during the 25th uh, of July call, President Trump had three times raised some very sensitive issues, in a quote. But he would have to follow up on those issues when he and President Trump met in person. Um, of course, Holmes had no idea what those sensitive issues were because mm-hmm. he was not on the actual call. But that is the only. Well, one. I have an update on President Zelensky and that phone call. I have additional insight about that phone call, July 25th, on something the president was worried about. I'm going to show you the president was right. Zelensky was wrong on that phone call. I will show you the actual evidence of it. Tonight at five o'clock, you don't want to miss tonight's show. It is it's like a mini special. It's full of facts tonight that you need to know, especially about the bow tie wearing Kent. Wait until you find out about that guy. Um, All right. Let me go over what happened last night on Blaze TV with me and Rudy Giuliani. I I talked to him about a lot of stuff, but I wanted to get a few things out at the beginning. For instance, uh, the Democrats are saying you're running a shadow foreign policy. Is that what's happening? Listen. The testimony today was that um, you were communicating with the Ukrainians without anybody's knowledge in the state. You were running a a shadow foreign policy. (laughs) So, right. I take it by your laugh that that's not true. What? No. no. What? I wasn't running a shadow. What was your mandate? What did the president ask you to do in Ukraine? What were you doing? We got two parts. Glenn, we have two parts to what I did. Part one was my investigation as a defense lawyer to gather exculpatory evidence, evidence that would help to make, make him innocent. So remember, this began... While Mueller was still investigating Russian collusion, mm-hmm. November 2018, it happened to be at a very sensitive time. They were seeking answers for us from us on Russian collusion. Also, Mr. Weissman, who is a completely out of control, unethical prosecutor, who worked for uh, Mueller, had uh, been questioning Manafort in what I consider to be a horrific manner. He had him in solitary confinement. He would take him out every couple of days, and he would say to him, weren't you the link between Trump and the Russians? And then when he said no, he put him back in solitary confinement, basically telling Manafort, if you'd like to, you know, stop being locked up for 23 hours a day, just lie to me. So I knew they were hot and heavy on this Russian collusion thing, even though I knew 100% it was false. So when I got this evidence about Ukrainian collusion, in which they mentioned that Joe Biden was involved in developing some of the collusion. I jumped on it, and I started to find people in Ukraine that were willing to come over and to talk to me about it, people who told me that they had been blocked 
from coming here by the American embassy, specifically by the ambassador, Jovanovic, because she and her embassy were involved in collecting the dirty information. There was a, a, a particular FBI agent named Greenaway, who they said was very involved in collecting not only the dirty information, but fraudulent information on Manafort. She had since gone to work for George Soros, Mm-hmm. which gave it its own interesting flavor. And she was working at the Anti-Corruption Bureau, was she not? She was working at what? The Anti-Corruption Bureau is a uh, contradiction. Yeah, the Anti-Corruption <laughs> Bureau was set up by George Kent, who was one of the witnesses here. Yep. I mean, I, uh, when I was looking at him, I was like in shock that he's still at the State Department. But George Kent set up this bureau. Uh, they took all the corruption cases away from the prosecutor general. They gave it to the Anti-Corruption Bureau. And they got rid of all the cases that offended Soros, and they included all the cases against Soros' enemies. One of the first cases they dismissed was a case in which his NGO, Antac, was supposed to have embezzled a lot of money. But not only that, collected dirty information on Republicans to be transmitted, gotten by Ukrainians, to be transmitted to this woman, Alexandra Shalupa. Mm-hmm and other people who work for the Democratic National Committee. Okay, a couple of things uh, that you learned uh, You learned there. If you've watched our specials, you, you really learned, I think, one new thing. And that is something that I have said. I, I have to talk to Rudy Giuliani to know. I mean, I don't understand... I don't understand what he was doing there. I pressed him about the two bad guys that they're smearing him with. His answer to me makes sense. We'll play it in a minute. Um, But uh, we've said, in fact, Stu and I talked about this just the other day. Um, Why wouldn't Trump just make him the head of the State Department? He wanted it reportedly. I mean, that was the big thing. He wanted to get the job right at the beginning of the administration. So look at how this has been framed. This has been framed that Rudy Giuliani was going over to do something with foreign policy. He wasn't. He was going over during the Mueller camp, uh, the Mueller investigation to to as the president's personal attorney Mm -hmm. to show he didn't do this. So he was going over because he knew that the Steele dossier was connected to Ukraine so he's going over and trying to build a case that, no, none of this stuff in the Steele dossier is true. He wasn't involved in with Russia. And here's how they gathered the information. It has nothing to do with the State Department. And while you may agree or disagree, I'm sure the media would be like, oh, well, I disagree with what he thinks he found in Ukraine. The bottom line is it's a very understandable role for a personal attorney. Yes. Your job as a personal attorney is to find the best defense possible for your client. Correct. So now that clears things up to where, like, why was he even over there? What was he doing? Yeah. Why didn't they? He was being the president's personal attorney. He was building a case against Mueller's case, which ended up being nothing. But in that journey, he found all these things and was bringing those things to the president as a personal attorney. That makes 100% sense. And it also shows that the State Department, by saying he's running a shadow uh, policy, Mm -hmm. it shows they need you to believe. They need you to believe 
that he was over there meddling in State Department affairs and he was just this wild hand grenade. No, nope, he wasn't. Yeah, he might have been a wild hand grenade for you because you were covering additional things up. Mm -hmm. But they've spun this to make it seem like, yep, he's the guy. He's the guy. He definitely seems to be the target of a lot of the witnesses. Yes. Uh, Especially at the State Department who were saying we were very frustrated because, you know, Rudy, whatever he's doing, it's different than what we're doing. And the Ukrainians are confused, which seems to be their the point they keep coming back and back to, which is, again, you, know, you can argue that it's a bad idea, but you can't argue it's impeachable. It's not impeachable conduct. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break because Hill is a uh, Dr. Hill is giving her testimony right now. And I think this is important to hear because this will be the in, in testimony where she is trying to make the um, the case that Russia was the only one that was interfering in 2016. And that's everything else Trump is bringing up is just a conspiracy theory. So we have to take that. Uh, she's getting they're getting ready to ask her some questions here. So we will take a one minute break and then right to the testimony. You might have heard uh, the other day when Stu challenged me to a race in our cars. Oh, and it's on, brother. Oh, that's fine. Absolutely it's on. fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As soon as it starts to warm up, we got to make sure there's no ice or anything on the on the. It's gonna be like 78 degrees today. I know today it is. But we can't. We're in the middle of doing a lot of things, and Christmas is coming. Oh, you can avoid it all you so want. So in January and February, it gets cold, but we are on. So you better practice. All right. Uh, anyway, Mr. Dig, uh, Mr. Uh, Big Talk says, uh, you know, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get it all set up. And then I hear him conspiring yesterday with somebody going, I'm thinking about uh, souping up my car. No, no, no. Hmm. No. Stock. Stock. hmm Hey, I, I'm, I, I can't focus on this. I have to go practice driving <sighs> at a very high speed because mm-hmm. I'm going to whoop your butt. Schiff and his goo googly eyes. Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get them peepers? Here he is. He's asking Dr. Hill. That they produced during the investigation calls into question the accuracy of the Intelligence Committee's finding that Russia intervened to help one side, to help Donald Trump at the expense of Hillary Clinton. No one in the Intelligence Community questions that finding. Uh, nor does the FBI, nor does the Senate, uh, bipartisan Intelligence Committee Nor, report, does, nor any does any thinking American. Of this committee, the House it's a separate issue. They're trying to conflate those issues. Right. They're trying to say, uh, yeah. they're trying to Dr. conflate Hill. the uh, Trump was involved with Russia to throw the election. No, he wasn't. The Russians did try to throw the election, but others did as well. And I know one of those starts with a U and ends in an E and has Ukraine in the middle of it. Sorry. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. That was tougher in, tougher in my mouth than it was in my head. Uh, so here she is. I think that this would resonate with um, our um, colleagues um, on the committee uh, from the Republican Party. Oh, is that the goal of the Russians was really to put whoever became the president by trying to tip their hands on one side of the scale under a cloud. So if Secretary, former First Lady, former Senator Clinton had been elected oh as president as indeed many expected uh, in the run-up uh, to the election Including uh, in me. 2016, <laughs> she too would have had major questions about her legitimacy. 
And I think that you know, what we're seeing here as a result of uh, all of these narratives is uh, this is exactly what the Russian government was hoping for. If they seed misinformation, they seed doubt. Yes, they have everybody exactly questioning right. the legitimacy of exactly a presidential right. candidate, be it President Trump or Please clip this because I need Clinton, this later in the show today because I'm going to tell you what's coming next. Against the other. That they would pit one party against the other. And that's why I wanted to make mm -hmm. such a strong point at yeah. the very beginning. All right, go ahead. Because there were certainly individuals in many other countries who had harsh words for both of the candidates, who had harsh words for many other uh, candidates during the primaries. We had a lot of people who were running right. for president on the yes. Republican side. Right, right. There were many people who were trying themselves to game the outcome. Yes, yes. As you know, in the United Kingdom, the bookies take bets. Right. Uh, you can go to Ladbrokes or William Hill oh and lay a bet on who you think is going to be the candidate. Pip, pip. So the Russian government were trying to lay in their own bets. And but what the they wanted to do was give a spread. They wanted to make sure that whoever they had bet on or whoever they'd tried to tip the scales would also experience some discomfort, that they would be holden to them in some way, that they would create just the kind of chaos that we have seen in our politics. So I just want to, again, emphasize that we need to be very careful as we discuss all of these issues, not to give them more fodder that they can use against us in 2020. And I quite agree. Uh, there's an additional benefit, and I think you're absolutely right. The Russians are equal opportunity meddlers. They will not only help one side, but they'll also just seek to sow discord in the United say States. Say it, Adam. He can't even say it. They'll help one side, and then they'll... But there's also a benefit. Uh, so discord. discord. <laughs> you know, no, they'll also help the other side. They don't care. They want chaos. And blame it on a U.S. ally as a way of driving a wedge between the U.S. and Ukraine. Isn't that true? Well, that's absolutely the case. And in fact, oh you just gosh. made the point about U.S. allies. The Russians like to put a lot of blame on U.S. allies uh, for incidents that they um, have perpetrated. We saw that recently with the United Kingdom. Uh, in the uh, Russian Secret Service's attack on a former Still. spy, Mr. Skripal, and his daughter Still. in Salisbury in England, where you may recall Seriously. Uh, that the Russians actually accused Before the my head explodes. Yes. this themselves. And, and so this I don't have duct tape on my head, so the pieces will be all over, probably of part of you. Yeah, and I apologize in advance. Mm -hmm. as, uh, Before my, my head explodes. Holmes here has laid out, the Russians have a particular How? interest in putting Ukraine and Ukraine. How is this happening in, in America when we have documents, when we have videotape, when we have them in their own emails admitting to the, when we have a court case in Ukraine where they convicted two people of this? How? What country do you think this is? I, I mean, this is the, it used to be America. I, I don't. This is America right now. You want to talk about what, is the, what do the Russians want to do? So, so discord. Right, so discord. And have us lose faith in our institutions. Yep. Do you have any faith in our institutions? I don't even have faith in the Republicans on this. Where the hell are the Republicans on this? You know, I was obviously at your deposition. I've read your opening testimony. But as you learn more facts, you start to see things in different light, uh, oh, even yes, as, you though do. your opening statement is very much consistent with your opening statement during the deposition. Listen to that. I was struck in From the guy who says, you're not allowed to call any of these people into, into question. You're not allowed to talk about any of these things. He then says, you know, when you hear 
you know, uh, a lot of evidence and you start to hear more and more, it starts to change your mind. So he knows exactly what additional testimony does. It has you look at things maybe a little differently while he's shutting down anyone listening to new evidence. Here we are, and we are urging Ukrainians to commit to following the rule of law, as you said, and only oh. investigate genuine and credible allegations. Oh my and gosh. what are we doing? We're asking them to investigate the president's political rival. Ukrainians are pretty sophisticated actors, aren't they? Um, they can recognize hypocrisy when they see it. You what does that do to our anti The prosecutor's uh, uh, ability to prosecute cases away yes, when sir, the sir, State Department, with George Soros, set up an anti corruption uh, bureau. They picked the cases. If you miss, by the way, America, I just I'm for the first time in my career, I have to tell you something. Uh, I can't take the impeachment hearings anymore today. I can't. It's not good for me. It's I mean, it's just my head will explode. And it's it, what that is, is nothing but disinformation. Uh, I, I refuse to carry it because it is. You know, you're talking about the Russians. This is American disinformation, and I won't carry it. I can't do it without correcting every sentence they have because yeah. of the the facts are out. There's N- too much in your head about this story oh to even gosh. to break this down. Well, well, you can go. We can go through the important parts of it. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, just will. to hear them run their mouths. No, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Not going to do it. Um, tonight's show. You don't want to miss five o'clock. Please don't miss tonight. Tonight's show, almost every show we're doing now on TV, because we, I'm doing the best work of my career, um, and we are on this. We are on it. And if you liked those shows where we were showing you, connecting all the dots, you like those shows we used to do on Fox, right now every episode is like a special. So make sure you join the blaze, watch it. Um, and join us every night at five o'clock because we are on it like white on rice. What a racist. There's brown rice too. Why would you only point out the white rice? Um, I want to tell you what we did last night. This is available on YouTube. You can watch it for free. Um, we ran out of time, so I had to shoot some extra things, and th- that's on the blaze behind the paywall. But I'm going to take you through some of it. Uh, here is what uh, here's what Rudy Giuliani said to me yesterday when we were talking about Russian collusion. Listen to this. In November of 2018, this is before this is before uh, Biden was running for president. Right. It's while Mueller oh, was still investigating. Right. A former colleague of mine called me with uh, information. The information was, uh, just to shorten it a bit, that you won't believe it, there's a lot of uh, so-called collusion that went on in in Ukraine, not in Russia. That what they say was going on in Russia looks like it was really going on in uh, Ukraine. It included not just the server issue and the uh, hiding of the server. It included specific information that was developed by the Ukrainians that was turned over to the Democratic National Committee, and that was used to try to 
uh, stop Trump from getting elected, used in mid-2016. It also included um, very strong evidence that a lot of the Steele dossier uh, was produced in uh, Ukraine, in Kiev, and also things I didn't know, like Glenn Simpson spent a fair amount of time there during the time that the dossier was being written, and that the document that reopened the Manafort investigation went through the Glenn Simpson company, and that there were real questions about whether it wasn't a fraud, and also no question at all that it had been improperly used and leaked to the press in May of 2016, so the New York Times could write a story basically saying Trump has crooked campaign manager. Correct. So, so when I got all that evidence as a defense lawyer, I said to myself, hallelujah, I now have what a defense lawyer always wants. I can go prove somebody else committed this crime. Okay, I want to take you to uh, the section where I I asked him about the whistleblower. He He didn't play along with me, but as I asked him a follow-up question... It's important that you hear his response. Listen. Do you know the name of the whistleblower? And if it's uh, Eric uh, Caramella, just cough. Well, I, won't, <laughs> I won't say if I do or I don't know the name of the whistleblower. Right. Okay. I, I don't know all the facts that I would like to know about the whistleblower. But it, what I do know is I no longer call him a whistleblower. When I write op-ed pieces or give lectures or talk on this, I refer to him as the anonymous informant. Well, he is, if it is the guy, Eric Caramella, who we think it is, his fingerprints are all over a, a deep state, uh, the throwing of the election, the, uh, the stopping of, uh, of prosecution. I mean, he's in the middle of almost all of this stuff. So if Eric Carmella is not the whistleblower, are you aware of Eric Carmella's role? I don't know if I can comment on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I any, think... <laughs> I don't know if mon- responsibly I can comment on this part of it. I can yeah. tell you, without being able to back this part up with facts right now, that I am entirely convinced that this whole episode... It's just, you know, uh, one chapter in at least a three or four chapter plan, which I guess was best described by Strzok to prevent him from being president. And then should he become president, the insurance policy to remove him. And this this Ukrainian stage also had a pre-election stage because the the black ledger against Manafort, which turns out to be a fraud. Well, it, wait, was, hang on, before you say that, the, before you say delivered that. delivered to the New York Times to hurt him during the election. This was really important. That's true? Yes. The Black Ledger is a fraud. Okay, so you, you're ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I think he, let, I think play this cut. I think it explains it in this cut. Go ahead. The FBI had a case that was two years old on that floor. Went back to 2014. The FBI had dismissed the case. This, this uh, rogue FBI agent, Greenaway, who's now working for Soros, wanted to reopen it. In order to reopen it, they needed newly discovered evidence. And oh when, they, when, this, when, this, when this meeting took place in January of 2016 at the NSC, what the, the Obama people were asking the 
Ukrainians to do is to go get us bad information on Manafort so we can reopen the investigation. And lo and behold, this black ledger shows up on the doorstep of a parliamentarian who then brings it to the prosecutor, but also doesn't forget to bring it to the New York Times first. So, okay. And that's so, what they got convicted for in Ukraine, those two people, right? Weren't they involved yes, in leaking the Black yes. Ledger? Okay, so here's, here's th- this is amazing, and we haven't revealed this yet on the chalkboard. It's a fact we found out about a week ago or two weeks ago, um, and we were going to include it on a Soros uh, section. So the Anti-Corruption Bureau... This is something that they're all like, we got to talk about corruption. They're they're pursuing cases that had nothing to do with anything. This is a Soros-Obama plan, and it's very well documented. We have all of it. The State Department, the Obama administration, and George Soros worked together to form this anti-corruption bureau. It was a shadow prosecutor's office. And they would decide what's worth pursuing and what's not. Now, if you're doing criminal activity or you want investigations on people, it's good to have your own little shadow uh, shadow justice department, isn't it? So they have this anti-corruption thing. Um, the new name that you heard was uh, Greenaway. She is a an FBI agent that was assigned to this anti-corruption bureau. So she was going over to help teach them all about corruption and how to look into cases. Okay, mm-hmm. She went over there. She was working there with the Ukrainians. She's the one that went and helped gather the information on uh, the ledger, along with the guy who is the head of the anti-corruption uh, bureau. All right. So she has the connection back to the DOJ and says, we have information that he has not paid taxes on all of this money. And we could open a case on him if we could get any kind of evidence uh, on uh, taxes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Because there was already an old case that had been dismissed, but they could reopen it if there was any new evidence. Right. And they screwed up the first one. So they had the evidence they felt to convict him. They just needed a reason to reopen it. So she tells Sitnik, the guy who's the head of the Anti-Corruption Bureau, he goes and he, he finds information in this black ledger. The black ledger is then dropped off at the New York Times and given to the Justice Department and the FBI. Now, so you know... Greenaway has since left, and she works for the George Soros organization. Um, The guy who discovered the Black Ledger and then dropped it off went to uh, court and was convicted of interfering in a U.S. election because of the Black Ledger. All right? He gave the Black Ledger to the Justice and to the New York Times with the intent of discrediting Donald Trump. The, the Ukrainian DNC reason for that was to discredit Donald Trump. Look, he's working with crazy people who love Russia. Okay, they're corrupt. That was their intent. The FBI agent said, we can open up a case and nail him. When they went to court, you didn't hear any of this. The prosecution didn't use a single word from the Black Ledger. 
Not one word. It wasn't credible. They got him on income tax evasion on an old case that they had already had of $12 million. That case had already been dismissed. They blew it. They needed something to reopen it. The Black Ledger reopened it. When they got to trial, they threw the Black Ledger out because it was not true or at least so sketchy that they couldn't, they didn't want to use it because they, they thought it could be picked apart by the defense and, and then the whole case would be thrown out. I feel like I'm like jumping into like Godfather three and I don't understand any of the characters. It's like, there's just so much crap going on. You know, there's so many different people, but which direction is it going to hurt the president's case or to help the president's case? Which direction is it going? If you listen to them, Mm -hmm. they keep focusing on like, I was at the table. I heard it. I heard that phone call. Well, I don't, think that's what happened but he's a great note taker okay well i didn't take any notes but i'm pretty sure that's what happened they're focusing on this little stuff right we're talking about the throwing of an election and our government paying for it our state department involved in revolution in ukraine that we are the ones that trained all the people for the maidan revolution now, you can agree and say, well, that's a good thing or a bad thing. Doesn't matter. Is that what you want your government doing? Training these people to do revolution? Because it's happening all over the world. And we have the evidence of it. I think there's a fundamental issue here, which is the, the argument you're making is that we should be looking into these things because they're important for America in a big time way. And that is the media is not making that argument. They're making the argument of it's all Trump. It's Trump. It's about Trump. And if your point does not relate to Trump, if it's, it's a conspiracy not, theory. It's a conspiracy it's not, theory. It doesn't matter. It's doesn't not matter. part of this. And so, you know, the idea that, you know, you can even argue, I mean, it wouldn't even be the worst thing in the world at this point, especially from the media, for them to say, you know what, we think Donald Trump did these bad things, but we also think Joe Biden did these bad things. We also think uh, in the real world, that's exactly what would happen. If this were fair, you would say, well, the first thing we have to find out is, did the president do these things? Did Joe Biden and his son do these things? Was there another country besides Russia that was trying to throw our election? And was the other side looking into uh, using and colluding with Ukraine? That's what would happen in a sane world. But we're not in a sane world. And, you know, Franklin said... I gave you a republic. We gave you a republic if you can keep it. The only way you keep it is if you're well-informed. Too many lazy people aren't willing to even watch a special to figure it out. We've done all the work. You just have to watch it. Don't be lazy. No, many people have. Oh, no. Uh, I, millions no, no, no. I don't mean our, I don't, right. I don't mean our audience. You mean the, the media and the, the people The media who... and... and three quarters of this country Hmm. they just want it spoon-fed to them stop it you can't have a republic if that's the way you want to live your life and i refuse to live under chains of anyone (laughs) 
we have Cheryl Atkinson uh, on with us. She is a really credible journalist. Uh, she worked for CBS for a while. She left because she just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, she has written a, a story that came out, CherylAtkinson.com, this week. We wanted to talk to her about it. State Department witnesses are the ones who conducted shadow diplomacy. And she's absolutely right. It's nice. It's nice to have credible people join us. Uh, she's up next. You're listening to Glenn.